Tony, is Drive Shack dead? I haven't been to one in a while. Top golf wasn't full. <laughs> that's right. We did use. Yeah, that, that uh, that's fair. I I mean, my question, I, Drive Shack was just like Top Golf, right? Same premise, same idea. Top Golf has gone through the roof, right? How come Drive Shack didn't have the same success? I think maybe the light beer and fajitas aren't as good at, at Drive Shack. That's the that's the best explanation I have. All right, everybody. How you living? No putts given. We're back. Tony Covey, Chris Nickel, Golf Spy T, Golf Spy C, dark shirts, light hats, black coat, white shoes, Cadillac, yeah. That's a lyric from a song. Something like that. Something like that. Anyway, let's jump right in. Tony, who? Adams? Did I see something about Adams Golf? Return of the Mac? Return of the Adams? What is going yeah, on? We got a lot of new stuff from Adams Golf all of a sudden. Tell me, so tell me about this. Give me, give me the skinny because I have not been paying uh, as much attention to this one as I have some other topics we're going to talk about. Because first of all, I couldn't read the logo. I wasn't, I wasn't sure what I was looking at. I didn't know if it was NASA or like a spaceship or something, but turns out it's Adams Golf. Yeah, no, it's it's a new, modern, hip, cool logo, I think. I think that's the objective, trying to get okay. younger, trying to get fresh, trying to be cool again-ish, maybe. So, yeah, we got a first, and it's I kind of thought about it, went digging through the archives. You got to go back more, basically about a decade since you had kind of a full line from Adams. Like, Adam, even Adams Blue, which... Apart yes. from being a bad idea, um, <laughs> was was a, a a partially formed bad idea, not a complete lineup there. No. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you got everything. This is driver all the way down to putters. So just okay. all in Adams. It's a DTC offering. So not going to be in retail shops. A little bit, you know, a little consumer. bit PXG, a little bit sub 70 vibe. So with that, you do get some pretty exciting pricing. $399 driver, $199 fairway, $179 hybrid. Okay. $599, $699 for irons, depending on steel or graphite. $99 wedges. Woo! Kind of weird wedges, but but wedges but nonetheless. Under $100. Bucks. And $149 for a C-groove putter, and this is... oh. oh. <laughs> Yes, style Pause. for real seal yeah. sea groove, not some like you know reproduction BS. This is they okay. went back to track down the original tooling. To you got to help me out here. Seagrove. So yeah. catch me up because at one point Adams Golf was under the TaylorMade umbrella. At one point, it wasn't under any umbrella; it was its own umbrella. And then, like you hey. said, you had Yes Putters, which was. A separate entity, if you've seen kind of those concentric-looking kind of half-moon grooves on the putter. If you've seen um, our good friend Matt Matt Fitzpatrick has actually had Bettinardi do that exact. We don't we don't like to talk about the Bettinardi Seagrove. Oh, okay, um, so <coughs> whatever. But point being, that was there. This was over here. So who is Adams now? Where did it, I thought it was gone and dead, and now it's. Back. Yeah, well, who well, owns kind of, it? Like, Give yeah. What's the deal? 
so yeah for a while it seemed like it was gone right we did the the blue red lineup and then sort of disappeared <laughs> faded into bolivian as, <laughs> as mike tyson would say and then yeah, a couple of years back it just kind of quietly or re-emerged with really what amounts to like infomercial product uh again direct to consumer not really designed for the masses kind of like old man fairway woods and hybrids and and those right. came quietly and yep. kicked around they tested okay for us but they weren't they weren't needle movers tailor-made still adams falls under the same it's kind of a sister brand right still under that tailor-made corporate umbrella kind of admitted that that lineup was really almost just a placeholder to say look we, we still exist <laughs> right know? right and so now we're back with a full-on Adam's lineup. So it All was kind of like the uh, the coat you throw over the chair waiting for somebody to, to show up at the restaurant. Just kind of a placeholder. Like, yeah, we got five sitting for dinner. They save the, the seat. They save, save, save the seat. Save a seat. So who is this for? Who do you think? Because Undertale made Umbrella, we got that. You mentioned kind of the price point. So it's somewhere in between, you know, retail market premium and, you know, it's not big box uh, or box set type of you know yeah we'll we'll dig into the specifics here a little later at the after show but yeah, yeah the whole idea behind this there the tagline is built for play and it's yeah I would, i'd say it's kind of targeting well i mean it it, it is precisely targeting somebody like tailor-made yeah. <laughs> is filthy dialed in on their analytics so they know exactly who they're going for with this but it really is kind of you could say a younger golfer, part of the the new generation that came in as a result of COVID. Yes, okay. I would describe it as a semi-serious golfer. Like he, he, somebody who plays golf with his buddies, wants to win, is is serious in that respect, but at the same time doesn't completely lose his crap if when he doesn't win, if he doesn't play well. So go out, have a good time, have fun, made for play. So it's again kind of a. Serious, but with a fun slant, I guess, if you will. Like I said, we're going to dig way more later if you want to stick around for the after party. We're going to go through all that and then some. We're not huge fans of what's in the bag stuff typically. So here's a little new feature called what's not in the bag. And it's not so much about what's actually not in the bag. But one thing being interesting. That is misleading, Chris. It's totally misleading. But I couldn't come up with a better name on short notice. So I'm calling it what's not in the bag. If you've got a better name, please. It can't be please that let, hard to let me do know. better. But here's what we're going to tell you. So you take a winner like this last week, Tony Fino, who we know has been with Ping for a long time. And it's not surprising at all when you see somebody who's on staff with a company playing equipment from that company. Nobody's surprised to see Tony Fino playing Blueprint Irons, right? Or a couple uh, Glide 4.0 wedges, right? We're not surprised to see those things. Not surprised to see him playing a ping driver. But what I do find interesting at times is when you look in bags of players, maybe they have a 10-club contract. Maybe it's 11. Maybe it's 12. Whatever the case is, and they have a couple open spots, how they choose to fill those spots. So it's like what's not in the bag, kind of like what you're not being paid okay. to right. play. Boy, that, that's a lot of effort to get you there. But still okay. decided. Because I think that says something. Like it's interesting to me, with Tony Finau, three things that I noticed right away. One, he's playing left dot, Tony. Very low wonder, launch grade. I think he's buying them on eBay. 
hundred. Well, if he is, he's paying about a hundred dollars a dozen. I doubt it. I I think I think uh, the good people at Titleist take care of him. He also one would hope. One, one would, would hope. hope he is also playing a Callaway Paradigm Triple Diamond T Fairway Wood Three Wood Paradigm Fingers Paradigm Fingers. So he has Callaway Fairway Wood. He also has a Nike 3-iron, the old Vapor Fly Pro or Vapor Pro Fly, one or the other. Same, Same one, one. Uh, Brooks plays, Brooks. right? So for all... Have we, have we inadvertently discovered the greatest Nike club ever made? Like, I was going to is... say, for all the lemons that Nike came to market with, there were some good clubs, no doubt. But this thing like exists in perpetuity. Some of these guys that are very high launch, or can be high launch, high spin, fast players. Again, Brooks, absolutely. Fino, absolutely. Cannot get this three iron out of the bag. That's super interesting. And two of his three wedges are ping. Again, no surprise. But Tony, the trend is that if you are a serious golfer, sure seems to be this case, and you have a spot available in your bag for like a 60-degree wedge, it sure seems like the stock 60-degree wedge on the PJ Tour is becoming Titleist T-Grind. T-Grind. So yeah. those are what's not in the bag or what he's not being paid to play directly. I find that interesting. Do you find that interesting or do you not care? Man, that Nike is interesting. I wonder... I mean, the company still exists. Right? Even if there's not Nike Golf, there's still Nike. They could re-release that thing. And I'm not saying they'd sell a million of them. They'd sell maybe 50 to 100, but it'd be fun. Some would buzz now, one? right? If they're smart, they would do it right around the Open. British Open, the Open, whatever you call it, don't yell at me. Driving iron The time. Open Championship. We tend to see those clubs come out you know, around that time. Love to see Nike re-release an open edition Vapor Fly. Oh, there we go. Vapor yeah. Fly Pro Pro Fly. Let's open edition. It, call it a limited edition. Have some fun. You'll sell twice as many if you just call it limited That's right. edition. Right? That's right. Tony, is Drive Shack dead? I haven't been to one in a while. What? Top golf wasn't full. <laughs> That's right. We did use to, yeah, that that uh, that's fair. I I mean, my question I Drive Shack was just like Top Golf, right? Same premise, same idea. Top Golf has gone through the roof, right? I mean, it is expansive. You're you're they're actually talking about building another one about two miles away from my house. Um it's exploded. How come Drive Shack didn't have the same success? Or are we just seeing kind of a natural ebb and flow to what consumers are kind of willing to invest in. I think maybe the light beer and fajitas aren't as good at, at drive shack. That's the, that's the best explanation I have. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Is there demand for two of these things? Is there, is there really that much? I don't know. I, I, I don't know why it hasn't taken off. It, it, it just didn't. And I don't think it will. What's more likely? Let me ask you this question. I'll ask, okay. ask you this way. What's more likely to happen? That we see another research of a 
direct competitor to a top golf so something like this uh, but or do we see more of these like short course pop stroke uh putt putt on steroids type of um opportunities for golfers because what's undeniable is we're seeing golf and entertainment mix it's going to continue to mix you got the x golf indoor stuff we have some of these outdoor pursuits i think you even spent some time at a pop golf recently <clears throat> pop stroke did you say pop, pop, stroke, golf? pop golf see I, why not let's throw it all not? together pop yeah. golf. boom yeah no, did you I, like, uh... I mean did you like it was it fun can you see that winning out over the the top golf model moving forward or what i think i think something about mini golf is inherently more accessible I, my wife and daughter went with me and they had a good time and not to say they they wouldn't necessarily have had a good time at top golf but it certainly would have been harder for them to hit balls as they're not golfers whereas you know so so top golf there's obviously you don't have to be a golfer we've we've seen enough videos to know, know this to be true uh, there's there's a reason why they've got nets to catch people who fall out of bays but uh <laughs> i i do think just mini golf is inherently more accessible I'll, like i was was i blown away by pop stroke i thought i thought it was fine and i can see like okay they'll bring you beer on the course and and that can be cool i guess right that's sure. all part of the vibe there but yeah. at the end of the day it was like a nice mini golf course Really it wasn't nice like yeah. whoa. Yeah, I live near a resort town, Lake George. We've got some pretty damn ghetto mini golf courses, but we've got a lot mm-hmm. of them. And so, you know, some of the older ones versus like when Pirates Hideout or Pirates Pirate Highway, Cove, whatever. Pirates Pirate Cove, Cove right? Like the chain or like Pirates Hideout, whatever. That's a yeah, whatever, right? That's a step <laughs> above sort of the been here since 1920 with the original turf and yeah. literal tin cups that we we have at some of the older places, but I mean, it's yep. not at the end of the day, it's still mini golf. It's not anything super special. I think it looks cool. We'll see what happens. It, yeah. It's cool, but it's not like, Oh my God, I got to do that again yeah. and again and again, and again. Like I'm in no, now, if I never, if I never went to a pop stroke again, I'd be fine. You pull through, I would, I would okay. get, I would get through this life. Yeah. I'm an aspiring golfer, Tony, meaning I have aspirations of becoming better. How do I know when I said, you know, should maybe level up in terms of my equipment. We always talk about, you know, there's a range, you know, from you know, clubs that are designed for newer golfers, lesser, you know, lesser skilled golfers and stuff that's designed for more skilled golfers. How do I know? Let's just say I play game improvement irons. I play a solid game improvement iron. How do I know when I should maybe upgrade to a player's iron or a player's distance iron. Yeah, when the numbers say so. So when you're seeing demonstrably <laughs> better numbers? results and there's not yeah, like it's it's the same thing. It's am I am I getting the launch and spin parameters that I need or my descent angles what they need to be. It's not sort of like you cross this magic threshold where I'm like I went from a 12 to a 10 time to get less forgiving irons. That's that's ultimately what it comes down to in that kind of thinking and really you still have to deliver all the all the bits and pieces that go into the scoring equation. You, you have to you have to deliver those regardless of your ability level. And kind of the one of the things that occurred to me as as I was answering this question in the Ask My Golf Spies, I, I look at myself over the past few years. I've gotten several strokes better. I've gone from probably a fourteen down to an eight. 
really trying hard to get back to a 14. I mean, I'm doing everything I absolutely can. And maybe, maybe you're going to go get beyond there, that. You will I'm get go there. I 16, 18. The sky's the limit. I here. got faith in but you. But <laughs> with all of that said, as I've gotten better, what, what that really means is I've gotten more consistent. Like I, I deliver the mm. club more consistently, but the way that I deliver it hasn't changed much. I still hit it high. I still generate a lot of spin. And so mm-hmm. the same iron that worked for me at a 14, the same kind of design, something that, that does at times bring the flight down, takes a little bit of spin out, whatever, you know, those type of things, they still work for me as I've gotten better. So I, I don't necessarily yeah. think that a mindset of I got better, I'm going to go out and buy, again, less forgiving irons in many cases. Right. More workable. More workable, right? Like, I don't, I don't need more workability. I just need to hit uh-huh. the same damn shot over and over again. That, that works. <laughs> you want to talk about workability? That works. Yeah. It's, it's fundamentally, it's not, has my game gotten better? It's, have, have the, has the way I delivered the club changed? If, mm. if that's, you know, if you're basically doing what you've always done and you're still, you're just scoring better, that's yeah. probably not the right time to change irons. Yeah. My other way of, and this might be overly simplistic, but, I was kind of thinking about this, you know, nobody starts out well. Maybe some people do. I certainly didn't start out as a good golfer or anything. You start, you know, over here and maybe you improve over time. And I was thinking about it. Okay, what if I only changed clubs when there was something that my existing club couldn't do that I thought it needed to be able to do to help me shoot a lower score? Then you replace it. So it's like, okay, with the set of irons, like, man, is there a particular shot that I absolutely cannot hit that I need to be able to hit if I want to shoot lower scores? And if you can't answer that relatively quickly, you probably don't need to change much of anything. Unless yeah, you're just, if, you are, if you are dialed you know, in on a set of irons and, and being dialed in with those irons helped you lower your handicap, the impulse should not be to get rid of those irons and get something else. Again, right. unless you said, right, there's, are, is this, are these clubs holding me back? Is there something I fundamentally right. can't do with what I have? Yep. In most cases that the answer is probably going to be no. Right. And if your swing hasn't changed and the only thing that has changed are your scores have gotten lower because you've, you're, you're swinging your swing more consistently. Stick I, with it. It's a tough argument to make for saying, Oh yeah, yeah by all means go change. Just cause. Because mm-hmm. scores. You look, Tony, like you've been spending some time in the depths of a lab, a ball lab, digging up mm-hmm. results and things. Two balls. Anybody I want three ask. dozen Pro V1? <laughs> yeah, those look good. Those look nice. So Several, way more than three dozen pieces. So give me the quick update. Uh, last week, we came out with MaxFly. MaxFly Tour. Yeah, the, 2023 uh, MaxFly Tour. So three new balls from MaxFly Tour, Tour X, Tour S. You ran the Tour through the gauntlet, and not super surprising, but it did really, really well from what I gathered from it. What's your 30-second report card yeah, on MaxFly Tour? above average. I'm trying to pull it was like 87 this. maybe? No, no, like 82, 83. I'm trying to No, 87. It was 87. No, I don't know. It was not. I'm you making are... that up. You're I think totally it was like 12 it. points above our current so, average. Maxfly Tour yeah. 82. So, yeah, um, okay. that's 10 points above the database average, 9 points above the database average. Yeah, yeah. so above average, not not absolutely outstanding, but 
based on the way Ball Lab works, absolutely outstanding is our balls are few and far between. Uh, almost right. nothing gets there. Either, so, yeah. So really solid ball. We've seen some. We've seen some duds every now and again out of foremost in Taiwan. Right. But in totality, in what we can call the Ball Lab era, since we started measuring golf balls, I would say that that the foremost factory is based on anything that we have meaningful sample size from the second best factory in the world right now. And yeah, I think, I think Callaway mm-hmm. appears to be creeping up there, yep. but, but right now that foremost factory has a, a longstanding ball lab reputation of turning out quality balls. I mean, we've got a lot of good max fly Wilson yep. balls come out of there done really well. Correct. Some of the vice stuff that's come out of there is done really well. Like I said, we've had a miss here and there. Encore mm-hmm. stuff comes out of there typically does in the average to above average range. So, yep. I mean, so who's on that long... podium? You said, uh, you know, if they're two, let's say titles is number one, right? Perhaps, I mean, yeah. titles mm-hmm. by far their podium gold medal right there. We'll give the silver, uh, give the silver to foremost. Uh, who's your third? If you had to put another one on the podium right yeah, now. It's a, it's a little bit of a crapshoot. We saw some good stuff. I mean, it's, it's, I'm curious. Is Callaway there so... yet? TaylorMade? Callaway's, Callaway's creeping up. I think Nassau, a.k.a. Oh. TaylorMade Korea right now. Okay. Um, and we've only, the only thing we've tested since the ownership change is is the tour response. And that did, okay. that was exceptional. Some of the Snell stuff that came out of Nassau in the past was was really mm-hmm. solid as well. So we don't have a ton of stuff out there, but that that's certainly one I would think about. Like I said, I'm, I'm optimistic okay. that, that Callaway is creeping up there seen improvements from Shrixon Bridgestone mm-hmm. we know is capable of doing good work we haven't always seen it but we know it's it's in the mix there but yeah I mean that's okay. yeah those are one two and then three you know fight it out maybe in a year it's settled but speaking of number one you did also run the 2023 titles pro v1 through the gauntlet what'd you find are people gonna be happy are they gonna be sad are they gonna be disappointed or I mean, what we expected no bad balls Average for weight, average for diameter, and then crept into the good range for compression consistency, which is, that is the one place where Titleist has continued to excel. Let's say, you know, weight, typically average diameter, should say diameter fell on the high end of the average range. So almost popping it up into that next one. And if it had, if it had crossed that threshold, the score would have been 90. Settles in at 85, which is still good enough for what we call our golf ball quality award. Uh, we give it to anything that hits 85 or above, and in the history of Ball Lab now, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're creeping towards 80 models, and I think we've maybe got like 15 or so. Qualify in that exceptional yeah, category. So it's, or the... yeah, it's, so is that it's... what you expected, though? Like, you know, I mean, when you go in, I mean, the numbers are what they are. You put on the gauge, you measure it, stuff comes out, you figure, you know, you look at that. Um, you know, we've seen, we've seen Titus Balls pop. In the mid nineties, I mean, we've seen some stuff over ninety for sure. This one comes in just a hair under ninety. Any disappointment there, or no? And you can, you know, I, I reference it if you look when we the side by side chart we put up. You can see kind of a little bit of, you know, the the third dozen has just a little more variability. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's as good, if not better, than than most anything else we see. But by Titleist standards a little more variability than we normally see. And again, just in that third dozen and had that, 
that third dozen been just a little bit tighter, I think it, it bumps the overall mm-hmm. score up. You know, I'm not going to run fake math like to see if that's hairs. true. But, yeah, I think, yeah. I think logically based on how the system works, um, you know, just a, a little bit of, of variability. And, again, not bad, just not as tight as some of the stuff we've seen from Titleist. But yeah. otherwise, yeah, just really good. And my, my expectation with Titleist is um, I'm very rarely going to find a bad ball. Uh, right. And when and I you do, said this one had zero bad balls. So the true yeah, price it's, is it's, what you And you're not going to find bad balls for, you know, concentricity stuff happens to everybody. Sure. It, it is almost avo- unavoidable, but it, it happens to the highest quality brands less. Sure. Um, but but things like having a ball over the weight limit, that that shouldn't happen because you can you can check along the way. Balls right. being undersized. You can kind of check that as you go. And so that it's sure. very rare, especially when we get into the premium stuff, your urethane coated stuff from Titleist Pro V1 Series AVX. It's very rare, if ever, that we see those kind of mistakes. So I expect yeah. a relatively clean sheet, if you will, from Titleist. And then it's just coming down to, hey, I'm typically compression sneaks into the good. And it's just whether or not diameter or weight either one of those measurements can can pop up into that good can offset as well. yeah yeah and sometimes yeah. it happens sometimes it doesn't as in this mm-hmm. case it was really close so yeah like if i see 85 there's a reason why that's our threshold for for a quality award it's yeah it doesn't happen often that's a really good score first time we've seen it in 2023 so okay we'll see so there you go and it's interesting thinking about maxfly and and titles a lot of times well people ask us hey should I spend X amount on Y product? And we kind of have, you know, told people historically different different categories. Hey, if your measurement, right? If if your main objective is to get the best of the best and price isn't the ultimate consideration, go with this. If it is, or you're looking for the best value based on what it is, then the best product at a good price. Go with this. So it's like you know, and Titleist, Maxfly really kind of fit into that conversation very nicely. Rangefinders, as we've seen in our testing, now it's the far and away winner. If if money isn't as much of an issue, you're willing to spend, you know, call it 400 to 600 bucks on a rangefinder. What are you going to buy? Bushnell. Bushnell. I mean... Hands down. Bushnell. Now, I will say the new one, 600 bucks, the Pro X, ooh. That stings a little, Tony. That that's uh, and especially like it's a big it, lift. Know, it won. It's a very good unit for sure. But mm-hmm. but the only thing it really does is find the range. Like it doesn't. You know, it's a range it, finder. It's supposed it to. It sticks. It's true to his name. Not you know. And it, and it has every bell and whistle you should reasonably expect from a range finder. Right. But at the end of the day, it's just a really good but expensive range finder. But there are a lot of categories where, you know, you can you can make an argument for several products where you're like, well, if you want this, you sure. want that. With mm-hmm. range finders to me, it's 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 becoming very, very simple. If you want yeah. the the best product, it's a bush. Yep. Period. Yeah. End Game of conversation. Over. Now, and that's if price is no object. If, right. if price is, is is an issue, if you're looking for the best value which ultimately becomes the best mix of performance and value. ShotScope has kind of stepped into that space now. Mm-hmm. Um, Killing Precision it. Pro is still pretty good, but but 
Mm-hmm. Shot scope has really emerged as our value pick in the, and certainly mm-hmm. within the last year. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to kick Precision Pro out of the conversation. That's where they started X number of years ago, and really kind of made a name for themselves. Since then, they they've expanded and tried gone multiple different directions on on different levels. Um, still make very very good product at a very very affordable price. But what we've seen, you know, when we have to pick one, right, a best value for that particular year, ShotScope has to be. Uh, that one. So if you're not looking to break the bank, I think we even have a deal going on. We'll link it below. You can get a rangefinder for under a hundred bucks. You can literally buy. So yep, my golf you could buy deal. Six shot scope rangefinders. Give five away to people. They'll love you forever for the same price as our yep, number so one rangefinder of the year. A this is the shot scope Pro L2, which was our best value pick in the 2023 test. Limited mm-hmm. time offer. I believe it expires today, being oh! Wednesday. So the first day that this podcast publishes. Uh, what's the code, Chris? Uh, I think the land. We'll link the landing page below. You can just click on that page and go right to it. All right. And then the other one I'll mention, right? Like we talked about premium value, and then one that's that's kind of that one. That answers a question, what if, if you are a golfer that has shaky hands, yeah. and we know this is a real thing, a lot of the, the guys I play with getting older, my hands I'm finding aren't even as steady as they used to be, the the Nikon with the vibration reduction technology is, is a cut above, and really, if if that's what you're looking for, if if that is like, hey, I need a rangefinder and I need something that, that will will be steady when I can't hold it steady, yeah. Nikon yep. Cool Shot Pro, now version 2, I guess, is where we are, is, is just... Yeah, that's a cut above in that respect. Just yeah, like you said. So if it's absolute top performer, there's an answer. If it's best value, there's an answer. And like I said, if it's a feature specific thing where it's like, hey, I need, you know, I'm looking to buy a shirt, but it has to come in double XL or whatever it is. I absolutely need something. Okay, this one wins. So if you have shaky hands at all, or that's hard for you to lock on to a target. Nikon is the absolute go-to. What time is it, Tony? Is it mailbag time? Nope. Okay. You need running shoes for this, though. Okay. Speed golf. Speed golf. All right. I love speed yeah. golf. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I'm going to be really fast run. today. We're, ready? We're Are you ready now. to run, Tony? Ready to run. Question number one. Mizuno or Strixon? Mizuno. Why? familiar with it comfortable with it like i'm the i'm the wrong guy because I, I don't i never really had a chance to play tricks on iron so you know yeah you know me like i if, asked the question if it shows up in my house i'll give it a try if it doesn't show up at my house the test center is not here anymore that's just how well, this is true people at the test center at our hq swear by Strixon. Strixon does not get the love it should i it's an endo forging it's something that we're going to come back to here in a couple of weeks, hopefully with an article kind of digging in there. But like you, I'm Mizuno, played Mizuno forever, love them. They, they are a benchmark, but I will say Strixon does not get the love that it should. Question two, Tony, are you going to spend $600 on a rangefinder? Too much? Uh, yeah. I mean, if only because 600 is re- like you can buy a driver for that. And you shouldn't even have to pay that much for a driver, but that's just how the mm-hmm. world works. But the thing is, like, you can you can find a really competent Bushnell rangefinder for five hundred dollars. 
for four hundred dollars. How long? Let me ask you differently. Then, how long would you need to keep a six hundred dollar rangefinder for you to feel like, hey, I got my money's worth out of that thing? Six years. Call it a hundred a year. Call it a hundred years. Yeah, so if I you mean, could, if you can guarantee you can keep it for six everything, years, man. you're gonna you're, you're gonna hold on to it six years, hundred bucks a year. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The stack system, Tony. You and I are both big stack proponents. So we uh, so over the last little bit here. It's more like uh, I think you coined this phrase. So I'll give you credit for it. The slack system. We've been slacking. Yeah, yeah. Nine I, uh, months for you. I, yeah, I have I a better like... excuse than you do. I had cardiac issues. So here's yeah. the question. Okay. We're gonna jump back on the horse. Uh-huh. What's your goal for this year? Cruising and and by goal I mean, you know, maybe think about like your playing swing speed or where would you like to be? Hey, I can live comfortably. I'm going to be swinging at X miles an hour on a routine day. Where where do you want to get to? I mean, one fifteen would be oh. really really nice. I mean, I was and I was sneaking up on it, and it's so I think I, it's going to be really interesting to see like where how long it takes me to get back to where I was. And in terms of like that, that 195 weight, you know, the actual yeah. driver weight, yeah, yeah, I'm not far off. I only lost like a couple, two, three miles an hour, but it was, it was, man, it sucked at the 65 gram weight to see that I'd lost solidly eight miles an hour over a personal best. And I'm like, I, I couldn't come close. I couldn't like just swing and everything so I had, just nothing. <laughs> You're absolutely trying so positively nothing. Just, oh. So bad, so bad. I I hate myself over it. It's terrible. My goal, Tony, is uh, somewhat. I I would love to get into the mid one teens. I could, you know, before I was kind of cruising the one ten, one twelve ish area prior to the the cardiac issues of March twenty twenty three. But my real goal, Tony, is I want to reshoot that video of me swinging next to the long drive guy. And I want it to not look as awkward. I want it to look not like I'm him in slow motion. And if I can do that, that would be pretty good. That's funny. That's so right before I, right before the hardcore slackstead, and you know, I'd kind of plateaued a little bit. Yeah. And and Sasho asked me to send him a couple videos, see what he could see, help out. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck. I can't get. I'm stuck at like 111, whatever. And then uh-huh. I'm recording these videos for him and swinging with my driver. I hit 114. And I'm like, well, all right, that's never happened before. So if I can if I can find 114 and then stay there and then obviously get one more because I want to be at 115, that would be forced to be reckoned with, Tony. That'd be good by the end of the year if I could get up into that that range. Mm -hmm. That would be something. And then keep going. We'll we'll circle back on this. Yeah, that that was a really long speed golf. Golf got stuck in traffic. It happens. That's the main show for today. However. Stay tuned for the after party. We'll be right back. And it's almost like we never, we're not doing a set change. We're not changing uh, clothes or outfits or anything like that. After party, Tony. Adams Golf. So we're going to spend a little more time here digging into the Adams golf. We already talked, you know, you mentioned a little things about price. Okay. Now we got pictures here. So once upon a time in a land far, far away, Tony, 
Adam's golf was like, you know, it dominated the senior tour or PGA tour champions. It was the dominant, right? Uh, club equipment company. They kind of own that space. Fairway woods and hybrids. Oh, legendary. Hybrids. Had kind of this legendary, legendary even cultish. Hybrids. Can I call it a cultish following? I mean, it's um, like beyond a cult status, really. XTD was one of my favorite fairway woods of all time. The only thing I didn't like, they had like that little triangle wrench kind of thing that, that kind of ticked me off, but I know. Yeah, the new ones the new ones take the, the tailor made wrench because they have tailor made adapters, but only the driver's adjustable anyway. So so, so okay, you got the driver there. First things what are kind of the first things you noticed right out of the box about it? Does it look like a scaled down tailor made driver? No, it doesn't really look like a tailor made driver to me, and I think that's kind of okay. the point. It's you know, describe the whole line is it's I'm trying to think what's a way to describe this. It's it's not without technology, but it maybe doesn't have the tailor-made technology. It has it has all of the bells, but maybe not all of the whistles. Ah. Okay. So, so let me ask the question. Let me ask the question this way, because sometimes we see this where it's like you would take the top tier technology and water it down. So that you could say, hey, so here's two options. That's option one. Has all the technology, but maybe a lesser version of it. Or is it more like instead of eight pieces of technology, they picked the top three or four that were most important and maintained the integrity of those technological pieces, but maybe just didn't include every single piece. Yeah, there you go. I mean, so you got it's titanium construction. So this is tailor-made family. So you are going to notice there's, there's no whoa. There's no carbon face, so TaylorMade keeps the carbon. Adams gets titanium, which is good enough for every other golf company on the planet. Carbon fiber crown. Mm -hmm. Velocity slot, remember, because that's what Adams called it. TaylorMade, it's like Uh like a speed pocket, but this is a velocity slot. Velocity slot. Totally different. Very different. Uh, So, And you got a fixed weight. No movable weights. Is adjustable at the hosel, but again, like... It'll perform. Uh-huh. TaylorMade says good enough to be played on tour, but probably, and I guess TaylorMade slash Adams, right? Good enough to be played on tour. No expectation that it will be because that's not really the audience here. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it's, it's precision draw weight, but it's it's just barely draw. It's it's kind of acknowledgement that like hey, everybody or most golfers need a little bit of draw bias. That's why basically. Every driver on the market, unless it's kind of that that better player's design is right. always, and even some of those, has some draw bias baked in. So it's nothing unusual. This isn't an SFT. It's not even a, a Sim 2 HD. It's slightly draw biased, but it's... Mm-hmm. Draw-ish. Know, it's, it's, it's the right product for the right audience in that respect. Uh, cosmetically, it's not, it's not super flashy, but at the same time, it's not... It doesn't look like it was mailed in. <clears throat> Not jet speed. Well, just yeah, just that's, that's a thing. So let's go back to who is, you know, who this particular product is for. Like I said, arguably, you know, I mean, God, TaylorMade is absolutely dialed in in terms of its metrics. And, and there's I don't, some things I don't that, think people that you have and I, any idea. Because we've kind of are. encountered and talked to TaylorMade, they are 
you know, at least, I mean, at least in, in what they're willing to share with us and how they approach conversations with us, the yep. most analytically driven company in golf right now. I had the same feeling. I remember the first time, the first time I took the Titleist facility uh, tour, you know, and it was like, my lord, yeah, nobody does this. That, nobody does this. Even you know, Club Champion can't do this. These builders can't. This the machinery, the precision is like, man. I, I would want all my clubs built here. I was really blown away with it. I had a similar feeling in talking with some of the team at TaylorMade in terms of how they look at media companies, how they allocate expenditures, how they you know really use data and analytics to drive what they're doing and why they're doing it. So yeah, a, a very impressive outfit. So when I go back to that question, okay, who is this for? TaylorMade knows exactly who it's for, who they want it to be for, but who do we think that is? Yeah, like I said, semi-serious golfer, somebody who who at least some degree strikes a good balance in his, his approach to the game between fun and serious competition. Um, so it's, it's kind of a mindset play, and obviously there is a, a value piece of it with prices on these being what they are. Uh, but in terms of like who the customer is, to give you a sense of what we talked to, Taylor made it's you know it's somebody who makes maybe eighty five thousand a year, give or take, in some sort of project management role, and and the crazy mm-hmm. thing is, in the all in all probability, he owns a dog. Like that's hmm. you know, so we just dialed in this 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 and this. Includes- what else does this person maybe own? So. Uh, let's we play a fun do. little game called you go into this person's house, maybe what the house looks like, whatever. And you see a, a new set of Adams clubs in there. They went full on. They bought this particular set. What else does this person's world probably look like? Probably a big TV. Yeah. Big TV. I don't know. What's he got in the driveway? I don't know. Probably not. I don't know what he drives. What do you they think? drive in a Tesla? They drive in a, a Tesla. you don't think it's a, Tesla. is it a, New truck? Are they buying a new truck? Is it a is it a Subaru? They, Subaru? They maybe, a Subaru? Maybe maybe Subaru. Kind of that you know that kind of like a, whatever. I'm up for anything. Kind of like what car says ready to go anywhere at any Toyota time. Forerunner probably something like that. I think Subaru. I like Outback. Let's let's do that. He owns an Outback. If you owns own a Outback, Subaru Outback, has a dog, likes a dog. to golf, likes to have fun, plays Adams clubs. What else? What else, Tony? Do you th- well? Maybe maybe I'll ask it this way. Do you think people are going to be more likes, inclined? Likes a hole in the cavity of his wedge. <laughs> Do you think people are going to be more Put inclined with these to in. buy a full set, like to go all in, thirteen clubs, fourteen clubs? I mean, that's the deal, hope. Or... And there are some some different package deals, right? Full sets, partial sets, even like kind of a Sunday bag composition, if you will. So, yeah, I think. I mean, that's all part of it for sure. Hmm. Yeah, and there's with this right a full on apparel lineup, lots of accessories, bags and hats and shirts, and so that's what I was going to say that too. Is head what covers. Else? So so this is like an ecosystem play a little bit where there's a join pair the of- Adams cult, man. Yeah, you can go all in on this stuff if you want to. Mm-hmm. It's fun, interesting. Yeah, I. I'll, I would be interested to know, you know, say go a year from now, and this has been uh, on the market for, you know, basically a, more or less a full retail season. What does TaylorMade need to see from this to determine whether it's successful or not? 
I mean, it's it's got to, it, it's it needs to sell in some quantity. I don't know what the number is, um, and that's the thing. Like there, the word from TaylorMade slash Adams is like we are fully committed to this, but you know whether that's fully committed, no matter what, fully committed and will adapt if we need to, or fully committed <laughs> until we have to shut this down. Uh, I don't know, but I, I do feel like this is at least under the current umbrella of ownership. This is probably Adam's last chance. You know, it's last chance summer dance. Yeah, the name recognition here isn't going to last forever. You already have people like Adams, who cares? Where a guy mm-hmm. like me was like, oh my god, I would love to see some some real Adams heritage type product, if you will. And that that's tricky here too because. There is a little bit of a dance on, on not stepping on TaylorMade's toes. So when you talk about like the the Adams, the MB iron, that blade on blade design that that was mm-hmm. that kicked around, that was that was fantastic. And a whole line of, you know, we mm-hmm. used to call them transitional irons back in the day. They weren't game improvement. They weren't super player focused, but they they kind of lived in that middle space in the category that. Yeah. To an extent, has evolved to become players' distance, and so they weren't like hollow body distance designs at the right, time. But you could play them from being an okay golf or whatever until, like we said, maybe there's some shots that you want or need to yeah, be like able the to hit. Ultimate that you can't. tweener category, and there was they were aspirational. So yeah. much good Adam stuff in that, and then and then like the smaller, not even necessarily to go into the peanut level of hybrid, which you certainly could, but mm-hmm. a lot of like yeah. smaller ish designs that. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Stealth 2 Hybrid, for example, is is small, but it's not it's not really where Adams was with that. Like that true boxer toe style where it was just mm-hmm. kind of like, this is a, a really fat iron. You don't see yeah. a lot of those designs, really. I mean, the closest I've seen was like the uh, the TSI 3 Hybrid. That was yes. pretty close. And then and Titleist was like, t- we're not going to do that title- anymore. I was going to say, even Titleist kind of admitted, maybe we kind of overcooked it a little toward the... You know, toward that kind of minimal design where, you know, the original, like, it's funny you mentioned the boxer one. Like, I think about that one, it kind of looked like, you know, several different dominoes glued together on the bottom of a stick. You know, it was really small and boxy and rectangular. But, yeah, so I, I just looked it up because yeah. I, I had a set, so to speak, of Adam's hybrids back in the day. And I was like, which was the one that I really loved? And it was like that Adam's Idea Pro A12. If you want to go uh-huh. track it down, yes. I was like, yeah, this yeah. is this is just like for me. That was like the perfect sized hybrid, and I haven't mm-hmm. really seen anything in that footprint since. Again, TSI three close, and then Titus was like, right, maybe not. So it's it really is yeah. like truly a hybrid for guys who want no part of a hybrid. I just don't know. And even red Adams red for all the all the jokes we make about red and blue was kind of like that as well. And I just don't know if under the same corporate umbrella, you would see an Adams hybrid that that tackles TaylorMade in that respect. Or no, they don't want to cannibalize. Over. I mean, yeah. I mean, they want to keep this separate and to and to the extent possible non-competitive. And I think I think certainly mm-hmm. under new ownership, TaylorMade is more willing to have a little bit of competition with itself. Less concerned right. about market share than it than it was in the past. Less concerned about winning every battle and more willing to go. Hey, you know what? We made money. What's the whether bigger picture yeah, here? Whether it, whether the logo's tailor made, whether it's an Adams logo, a new aggressive, fun Adams logo, whatever you want to describe mm-hmm. that as, we still made money. 
And so I right. think that's probably how they're viewing it. But there is a point at which you can say, hey, maybe this is a little too much into TaylorMade territory. And, you know, fundamentally, there's no reason why TaylorMade couldn't make a club like that if it wanted to anyway. So it'll be right. interesting. It'll be fun. Maybe. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if it. But the like C groove is back. And that for me was like, right. So why 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 the excitement over the C groove Harold's uh, Harold Swash? Yeah, I mean, like the yes the yes putters have been like, you know, if you played a yes putter, there was just a feel to it, um, just a, a cool look, oh, some really cool shapes I, along the way. Ooh, I may I, have one. I'm gonna I think I had that. like a yes Tiffany. Maybe yes, I'm gonna go find. They're all named after like players' wives and things like. That. All right, I found two two little treats here. <laughs> Oh, that's old school. Yeah, look at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the uh, Yes Tracy 3. Tracy. Mm-hmm. Need to refinish it, but uh, yet, what, uh, what Yes putters did you have back in the day? I think I had a Tiffany, but I'm not even sure that's a real thing. Maybe I just, I don't know, maybe I knew a girl named Tiffany about the same time. <laughs> they made a Tiffany. They were all uh, lady names. Uh, lady Abby names. and Abby Forge were two of my favorite ones. Yet that wasn't it. No, Here's the other one I found. I know, 40 Tony. Look at that thing. Yeah, that's pretty close. That's one of the ID series. Uh-huh, little prototype tour. little 20 degree. And it does look, I mean, there's rectangle. It is rectangular. Yeah. That'd be but fun. I hope they do that. Why, why are you so excited about the C-Groove, though? What's uh, It's just one of those things, like, they made for great feel, and it was one of those things where... I liked yes putters and was kind of sad that they didn't go away. And even if I never play a, an Adam Seagroove putter, it's kind of nice that they're back with two shapes. Right? We got a mallet, we got a blade, keeping mm-hmm. it simple for now. An answer back in the day, bang shape, whatever number that is in the Odyssey lineup, seven maybe. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, uh, yes golf was headquartered in Denver, uh, and I went down there. They used to do a really cool thing for. High school players, coaches, whatever. It was like 100 bucks or 150 bucks, um, And you could go through a tour fitting, and they would build it, you know, kind of all right there, everything. And, you know, you could walk out with the with Yes Sea Groove putter, and it was pretty pretty cool. I was sad uh, when they left, but glad to see the technology lives on. Here's my last cool. question for you, Tony, on this. We know that the golf industry is a copycat industry, right? So let's assume for a second that Taylor made finds that this works really, really well. And I will not be shocked at all if, if TaylorMade has identified a target population and done a good job on their research and people buy it and they go, okay, cool, this is working. Who's the next company that jumps in and tries to do something similar if this does work? I think it has to be Callaway. I mean, that to me is logical. Mm-hmm. who's most likely to kind of dabble in. And Callaway doesn't like things that that maybe cut into margins, so so maybe not. But if, if you're looking like, hey, who's, who's revenues focused and has enough flexibility in their identity? So I mm-hmm. think like, hey, Callaway is rooted with the average golfer. And so they can they can probably do some things in that space where I think Titleist is a little too like, Tour, tour, <laughs> elite, yeah. better player, yep. kind of that. That's the mindset. That's the primary audience. So yep. yeah, and I, I, that's what makes sense to me. No guarantee they will, but if you yep. are trying to just, 
you know, always like how do we how do we draw differentiation between brands and all right like full on serious semi serious fun but also kind of direct to consumer and price that's a that's a pretty hard line and so how do we I don't know if anybody else will be willing to do this it is kind of the PXG model on this side of things mm-hmm. it just the part to me that makes so much sense is something you said earlier that resonated with me was like you know whether it's the people that got pulled into golf through COVID or, you know, the reality that let's call it 25, 26 million golfers of which roughly six to 7 million do the majority of the annual buying, if you will. So they're the ones that are going to spend the five fifty, six hundred $600 on a new driver. They're going to, you know, they're going to plop down 14, 16, $1,800 on a new set of irons, et cetera. Well, there's, you know, these 18, 16, 17, 18, million golfers that are also consumers i have to think and sub 70 has done a tremendous job in figuring out how to reach that particular golfer or that population if this is something where tailor-made is able to find maybe part of that segment as well and it's beneficial economically other companies aren't going to not notice and go oh geez Let's just ignore that. But some might be better positioned to jump into that fray than others. And that's that's kind of why I was asking. I, I agree with you. I think Callaway would likely be my first pick in there. I think Titleist would be my last of those, of, of the major ones. I could see Cobra potentially um, just because, you know, maybe not as much from a capacity standpoint, but willing to – because they don't have maybe as much of an identity to – shift toward or away from to do something maybe like that a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I just, I I just wonder, like, I think the other thing that that kind of makes this viable for what is now, I guess what you have to call mainstream golf brands. So you have to sell enough of your mainstream stuff. And so I I think you need to be a relatively big brand. So I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know if Cobra is big enough. It's a good point. I don't know if it has enough market share to say, Oh yeah. And we're also going to fracture fracture our lineup or split it or spin it off however you want to phrase it and sell this right. other stuff for even less so i think i think right. callaway's positioned to do yep. it if they want to i don't know that they would uh and the other thing you kind of wonder is what's the market right it's if it's just for that's example, the big that that is the question tailor-made slash adams with name recognition pxg with growing name recognition Tour credibility, more so obviously in in the TaylorMade case in PXG, but but some credibility there, right? Used on tour has one on tour, and then you have kind of the true DTC guys, and again, you know, right? Sub seventy gets play here and there with on, on some of the uh, some of the smaller tours. Mm-hmm. Corn Ferry, Zach right, Fletcher, but not but not kind of on that same TA3, level, but, but not in that main, yeah, yeah. And so, but but the question is how much how much saturation can can that segment of the market absorb before it's it's too fractured there are too many options and so nobody's really selling enough to sustain a presence mm-hmm. there so that that's another thing to keep an eye on as well i think part of the yeah. reason this can work is not a lot of people playing in this space yeah well we'll find out right stick around that's one of the most uh that's one of the assurances in this world is stick around and you'll find out something's got to happen at some point tony right The only constant is change. And that's where we're going to finish it up for today. Words to live by Tony Covey, Chris Nickel, Golf by T, Golf by C. Until 
next time, we out.